awake to what? Righteousness. That's what you and that's what we're doing this whole year from September of 23 to September 24. This is our calendar year that we use to, uh, we believe that God has given us the open door uh, to do what? To share these truths with you, this basic fundamental truth on righteousness. Because I believe that this is the trump card. This righteousness of whose we are, this is your trump card. If you don't learn how to walk in this righteousness, then a lot of things that belongs to you and I, you and I will suffer on the earth without the benefits that we have by not knowing how to use them. And that's not the will of God. So the scripture says, awake to righteousness and notice what it says, because when it says awake unto righteousness, then it says, and sin not. Why? Because now I, I have to choose whether I want to sin in this situation or whether I'm going to live unto righteousness, live uh, obedient unto the righteousness of God. You and I have to, you make the decision now because it says awake to righteousness. The word awake means to arouse one what? Understanding. And that's what we're doing. We are, we are awakening, arousing your understanding to these new spiritual truths that you have as a child of God. So the kingdom of God is a place, is an identity uh, that, first of all, is in you and is upon you. Now, it's not anything that you've done to earn this. It's everything that God has made unto you. So when we say awake to righteousness, and then the scripture says what? And sin not. Notice this. For some have not the knowledge of God. And that's what happened. The soulish part of you and I don't have the knowledge of God. Put this up, Casey. We're just kind of going back over a couple of things before I just thrust you into the book of Romans chapter 3, uh, Proverbs chapter 2, and look at verse 10, and look at uh, uh, Psalm 19 and, notice, and verse 2 after that. But notice Proverbs chapter 2, it says, when wisdom enter into thine heart. Notice this, wisdom has to first do what? It has to enter. That means you have to give attention. Proverbs 4.20 says, uh, uh, <clears throat> my son, attend to my word. That means you have to give attention to it. To attend to something, you have to pay attention to it. You have to meditate over it. You have to look into it. You have to investigate. Pay attention. Notice this. It says, when knowledge enters into thine heart. So that means it's not there. That heart is not just, it's not speaking of the heart that pump blood. This heart that is speaking of, it is the central part of you, but it is the central part of you will be the soulish part of you. You ever ate like a watermelon? And it says, man, I'll, you know, and they, and they always cut out what? The little part in the middle. Some people call it the core. Some people call it the heart. Why? Because it's the sweetest part of the watermelon. It's going to determine whether or not you want a watermelon from him or not. Right? And that's what it is. See, the heart, your soul 
is the it's just as much as the immaterial part of you as your spirit that's born of God. Both of them you cannot see, but both of them have a function. Thank God your spirit is born of God. It doesn't need any education. It doesn't need any wisdom. It is wisdom. Wisdom was with God. Wisdom was in, wisdom was implored by God when creation was made. God, uh, God, God shared, gave wisdom in his word how he created the heavens and the earth. So un unless I know how he did it, and I do know how he did it because it's through the authority of word. It's his words. Are y'all following what I'm saying here? So wisdom has to enter into your heart. And notice it. Knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. That means when we say knowledge is pleasant to your soul, that means now I have the ability to use what I know. Now I'm able to Think properly. I'm able to walk in the light of what God's word says about forgiveness, what God's word says about forgiveness, of, I mean, uh, deliverance, or healing, or prosperity, or uh, what is that? Protection. Or you understand what I'm saying? Or reaching out to the homeless or whatever. I know what God word. Why? Because wisdom entered into my heart. It God wisdom is God's comprehensive insight into his ways and purpose, how I should do this. Now knowledge is pleasant to the soul. See, the reason why knowledge is pleasant now is because I have God's wisdom on it. Now all I'm doing is going to walk out what I know. Can y'all see that? All right. Go to Proverbs, I mean, go to Psalm 19, 2. It says, day unto day utter speech, and the night unto night showeth what? Knowledge. What knowledge does it, does it day after day show? I mean, today is a new day. Is that right? And we see the sun, right? What is it doing? It's uttering speech. The light, what we, the light that we see today outside, what is doing? It's uttering a speech. Tonight, you will, you know, you live through tonight. This evening, you will see the moon. Someplace, you'll see the stars. What is it doing? It's uttering speech. It's speaking to. It's God's utterance to you and I in using creation. Can you see it? Notice this in verse, uh, go, down, go down there to verse, I think, verse 5, Casey. No, 7. The law of the Lord is what? Perfect. The word of God is perfect. And notice the word converting the soul. What is it doing? Converting. To convert something means you're changing something out, right? As a change taking place. And that's what's happening right now. As you sit under the word, there's a change taking place in your soul continuously. 
It's converting you. What is the? It's converting the righteousness of God of whose you are that's in your born again spirit. It's converting your soul to be in unity unto your spirit. Your soul is coming into an alignment of what is already true in your born again spirit. It's like if your truck was out of alignment. What do you do? Take it to the place and do let them do what? Put it back in alignment, right? Once they put it back in alignment, now you can drive down the road and let your hand go, let the wheel go. You know, you know uh, my truck is in the shop right now. And uh, because they have this, Ford has this thing called Blue Cruise. I think GM already, GMC already have it on some of the, the vehicle, but what it is, you can let the, the first time I ever drove a vehicle, they let your wheels, let your hand, I thought I was going to get a little Cadillac at one. And uh, I said, but no, man, I look like a sardine in a can in that thing there. So, but you know, you can drive this car and you can let it go, let the wheels go. Anybody ever drove a vehicle? Uh, it's eerie now. It's eerie because it's, it's you're so accustomed to keeping your hand on the wheel when I was test driving one, and they're going to show you where you can let go and it will drive for you. You just sit there and just let go. It will change lanes for you. I mean, Zach knows about that when he used to, when he was a uh, general manager at uh, Courtesy. That's why I almost, under him, I almost bought that. And I wasn't, it, it just didn't set right. But man, it was nice. It kind of it kind of moved me to know that you know you're sitting in a car and that thing, you know, it's gone and and, it, and you don't have to do nothing. Well, this is what that blue cruise is. Ford has this. It's already you know my truck can park itself. I can pull up, and I I never done it yet. They, I did it when I bought it, but I never did it yet. But it can park itself, uh, brother George. What is blue cruise is the same thing as that what they're doing. So they have to download that thing in there for it to do all this kind of stuff. That What I'm trying to tell you, technology is moving so fast. And I'm just trying to tell you as the righteousness of God, look, a lot of this stuff is catching up with these laws of whose we are. And a lot of time we, listen to this, a lot of times we won't move forward in certain things because we've been so uh, uh, accustomed of living, yeah, a certain way. And when, you know, you see something new that comes, you say, oh, no, 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 no. That's too fast for me, Shad. No, no, I don't need that. I don't need all that. And then you go right back over and find you one of the most school bakers that you know that, that you want. <laughs> A scooter baker may be all right, but you can't find a mechanic to work on them no more. You follow what I'm saying? So, you know, everything is changing. So I'm just saying we are in a time that things will constantly be changing. The only way you can adapt to these things in that manner, you got to have the word of God. That's why I said the law of the law is perfect. Converting the soul. You got to allow the word of God to convert your soul to start thinking in the light of the new you that's already inside of you. 
Because that new law inside of you that's born of God, it won't let you stay like you are. It's the purpose of you being born again so that it can bring you up to this new level. I mean, just think about naturally speaking. Now, we don't hardly have any channels. 4K TVs. The, the, the resolution. Uh, what is the, 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 the fiber octave of, of, of your phone now? Five, what is it called? Five, five G? Now, anybody got a phone with that? 5G? Okay, you do. I, I don't even, I'm, my phone's still whatever. I don't know what mine is. My, my. But now notice it. <coughs> Excuse me. 5G. That's supposed to be a lightning speed, right? On your internet. I mean, just think about where we came from. Anybody ever heard the word DSL? You had to hook your phone up. You had to hook it to your phone. You had to dis. You had to either disconnect your telephone wire from the phone and hook up the other one. And then they came out that you can still have your phone hooked up. Yeah, have a splitter and then put your DSL line in there. Well, we thought we were high cotton then, didn't it? Now it ain't gone from DSL. To wireless. What if we don't keep up with what's going on? As we get older, some of us are in that, you know, we're still young, but we're moving up into our high 60s, going into 70s, and people don't want to change them. They, they, they want to shut off. And I'm just saying that, you know, I'm part of that care. Let's don't shut off. Let's continue to know that the law of the Lord is perfect. It's converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It is making the wise simple. I mean, it's, it's bringing us a, up to an understanding alike the way as only God's word can do. But you got to make yourself available for change. Amen. Are you ready for the lesson? All right. That's just a prelude. Go, let's go to Romans, Casey, chapter 3. This is where we stopped off. And look at verse, let's look at verse 21. We have gone through the first two chapters of the book of Romans. Paul is still making this argument against self-righteousness. The Jews are thinking that they have uh, more rights than anyone else. But Paul was declaring that, uh, go to verse 23, uh, verse 23, where he says that all are under sin. He come to the place, say, for all have sinned and what comes short of the glory of God. That word glory means God's manifested presence. For God to manifest himself in us, it don't make a difference if the Jews or if your flesh is what, USAD? Is that how they call that? You know, the meat you buy in the, in the you know, USAD, y'all know what I'm talking about. You may have USD uh, flesh, and mine may be just the old whatever. It's still the same. Is that right? And Paul was making the statement that I don't care if your stuff is USAD. It come from, guess what? In the eyes of God, all have sinned and come short. That means none of us. None of us are in the right standing with God that his glory can be manifested in you and I. 
And that's what Paul was making this statement to the Jews. And, and they were just letting them know, hey, yes, the word of God was committed to you. And the word oracle, the word oracle means, you know, God, uh, God has committed his word to them. But guess what? They didn't do anything with it. They tried to use the law and sacrifices to do what? To thinking that their sacrifice and whatever law they've broken, that sacrifice will give them enough uh, good standing with God. You follow what I'm saying? But <clears throat> go back to verse 21, Casey. <clears throat> it said, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophet, by just what I just said. Now Moses, I mean not Moses, Paul is presenting a righteousness away, uh, you know, away from the law without the law being witness to the prophet, because why? Under the old covenant, they had to do something to prove their righteousness. Okay? It was based on self-performance. They kept the laws as best as they could, and when they couldn't, they, you know, where they fell short, they had a sacrifice, some type of animal sacrifice to do what? And they bring it to the priest or whatnot, and it, you know, it was the priest was to, to clarify that all was okay. And I was, you know, uh, and, you know, meditating on this and I be feeding on this. When I teach on something, I kind of be thinking on it. I study it and meditate on it. And I was reading something behind Martin Luther. Anybody ever heard of Martin Luther? Martin Luther is, uh, uh, they call him the, uh, kind of like the father of Reformation. But, you know, there were many Reformation back then, but the one that met the most was because under the Catholicism, which was Catholic or whatnot, no, no one read the Bible. The priest was the only one to explain, to express the Bible to people because they didn't, no one could read it. Supposedly just the priest had it. And so during those days or whatnot, then the priest had people living unlawful or, could, you know, for their forgiveness, they have to, uh, uh, give so much or, or they have to do so much. Everything was based on a performance. Are you following me? And based on that performance of whatnot, they were always falling short. They never thought that, you know, they never understood or never believed did their good that they did out bad their bad at the end of their life. This is This is the only expectation they had. And so you know, that's a sad place to be because what is it doing? My, my, me going to heaven is going to be based upon what I did here on earth. And it's not so. And Paul was making that argument with them of showing them. He said, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophet. And so uh, uh, Martin Luther out of desperation because of seeing how people being mishandled, being misused of whatnot, he started reading the Bible for himself. And he came against this verse of Scripture. Put it up here, Casey, uh, Titus chapter 3, <clears throat> and look at verse 5. He came across this Scripture right here, and it says, it's not by works of righteousness which we'd have done. See, everything they thought was based on what they did. It's the same thing today. The church world today is like, you know, my right standing with God is based on what I do. No. No. Notice this. He says, 
not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to what? His mercy, he did what? He saved us. By how? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So Martin Luther got a revelation about the word works of righteousness. Why? Because this is all they've been accustomed of hearing, all they've been accustomed of being told. And many people, how many people probably went to hell thinking, did I do enough? Did my good, I'll do my bad. And I'm telling you, I can understand from this side, but it's not your good or your bad. It's you receiving Jesus as a Savior. That's what qualifies us for heaven. That's what qualifies us as righteous. Amen? Now, while we're alive, we have to do some, we have to allow the word of God to do what? To go to work on our behalf. Is that right? Okay, now in case we go back to uh, Romans chapter 3. Now, I'm, you know, I know this may be a little, I'm giving you this information or whatnot about righteousness going through the book of Romans, but I'm telling you, I don't want nobody to be in this church or whether they listen by Facebook, I don't know if that thing's still on, by Facebook that, you, that, you be, that we live ignorantly, that you are spiritually ignorant of the word. Every believer, every person in here has the ability to contact God and to know God. You, God wants you to pick up this Bible yourself whenever you like on a daily basis for you to do what? To read it. And he will communicate with you. Amen? And so I don't want us to be a society here, don't understand the Bible, don't know whether or not God will heal you, don't know whether or not God has made a plan to prosper you, don't know whether or not that, you know, uh, God can use you in any good thing. God can. But if you don't have a working knowledge, if you don't have an understanding about it, then you just think that you just, something just passing by. No. Okay? So notice verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, which is by what? Which is, what is it? Which is by what? Faith. Oh, notice it didn't say in, it said by, which is by faith of, can you see that? Jesus Christ. So we are righteous by the faith, what? Of. That's important. That's important. Because when people say, well, who do you think you are? You know, like, you know, like, you, like you're so righteous. Well, Jesus, I'm righteous I'm walking in his righteousness. Now, I'm not righteous, but his, his righteousness made me right standing with God. Did you hear what I said? His righteousness made me right standing with God. Why is that? Because it was he who fulfilled the wrath, the fullness of the wrath, the penalty that brought the judgment of sin that was against us, were held against us. Y'all, can you see that? Now, notice this. <clears throat> um, 1 Timothy 2 and 4. Let's put this up for a moment. 1 Timothy 2, 4. And um, it says, who will, uh, 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 
Back up the verse one for a minute, Casey. It said, I exhort therefore, first of all, that supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for what? For all men, for all, just for all mankind, okay? And that's the reason why you ought to be praying for every, you know, praying for our leaders, praying for our government. I don't care if you don't, I don't care if you know your, your right person in the office or not. You need to be praying for them. Are you following what I'm saying? It's the same thing for us. It's, and it's not just talking about all government officials, but even your pastors, the apostles, the prophet, the evangelist, the teachers. You need to be praying for all of us. Amen? Because notice this. We are right. I got a right to stand here because of the righteousness of God that came through Christ Jesus. I'm not standing up here because of something I did that was so glorious. There's nothing I could have done and never will ever be able to do. Can y'all understand that? Notice this. Next verse. Oh, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Next verse. For this is, a, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, okay, who will have what? All men to do what? To be saved and do what? Come to where? To the knowledge of what? Of truth. What's the next verse here? <clears throat> For there is one God and one mediator between what? God and men. That is what? The man Christ Jesus. See, there's one God and one mediator. Who is that mediator? Jesus. And notice what it does. It's between you and I. So when we tell you it is of the of God. Go back to, what is that? What verse was that? Uh, 23. I mean, uh, 22 of Galatia. I mean, of uh Romans 3, <clears throat> and then go to that verse of Scripture in Titus, what is that, um, 2, 5, no, uh, not that one, uh, that says that the righteousness of God teaches us to deny all ungodliness. <clears throat> Baby, find that verse for me. I know it's in Titus, I want to say Titus 3. Uh, but anyway, let's look at it, 319 or some, or 312. But look at this right here. It said, even the righteousness of God, which is what? By what? The, by faith of Jesus Christ unto all upon them that what? Believe. So there is no difference. Whether you be Jew, whether you be a Gentile, it don't make a difference. Whether you be black, white, brown, yellow, Chinaman, it doesn't make a difference. This righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. So the faith is a gift and the righteousness is a gift. We have his faith and we have his righteousness. That's why we can stand and be as we are. That's why someone mentioned the word confident. That's why we have the confident. Not because of something I did, if I done something to mess up. No. Yes, it will mess with your confidence. Why? Because, you know, of, of what you've done. It will mess with your confidence, but what you've done don't have anything to do with what Jesus has done. I, oh, come, come here, Bobby. I did this in this early class uh, early this morning, and I'm going to use Bobby as, as God or as Christ 
And I said, if something happened, big shoulder right there, that's the man I'm going behind. I'm going to push him on through, and we're going to get on through that. You know, Bobby is the man. Hallelujah. Is that right? And so, anyway, you know, I'm in right standing because of Bobby. Can you see what the scripture says? Even the righteousness of God, which is what? By faith of Jesus Christ. Is that right? Unto all that what? Believe. Now, I'm the believer. Okay? I believe what he did. But what if I get over here and do an idiotic thing? Does that make this righteousness void? No. Why? I'm only righteous, partaking of that righteous, because of what? Because of what Jesus did. That's what, I'm telling you, that's a big difference. It's up what Jesus did. But this gives me the opportunity to repent when I see wrong. What is wrong? I change my mind about that. I change my mind about being out there. And what I do, I just get right back in alignment of the righteousness that came by who? Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? All right, give, 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 give Jesus Christ, the figurative Jesus Christ, a big hand, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, some of them didn't want to clap their hand for it. We're going to have an altar call, brother. <laughs> I ain't clapping for no Bobby. <laughs> Amen. If I'd have called JW, if they put half of the church would have walked out. You see, I don't know. But, you know, I thought it too. <laughs> Oh, all right. Okay. So, did we find that that, that verse in Titus two two twelve? Go to go to Titus. Okay. Oh, here we go. Notice this. Okay. Go back one up one. For the grace of God, that what? See what what brings salvation? See the grace. So the, to think about the word grace, you didn't have. Neither did I. Let me just say include. We didn't have anything to do with it. So why do we think that's something I got to do to prove to God? That's what the, that was Paul's argument to the Jews. He was letting them know. And Paul was just, I mean, these statements were radical. They couldn't handle that. That's why they wanted to kill him, throw him out of the, out of the city. You done lost your mind, boy, too much knowledge and made you crazy. Huh? Yeah. I'm telling you, when you when you embrace truth, everybody's not gonna be excited about what you discover. They're not gonna be excited about on the stands that you have made. And that's why he said, the grace of God. You gotta keep it where it's supposed to be. The grace of God. Grace is God himself or God's willingness to do on our behalf what we could not do for ourselves. That's just another definition for grace. It's God's willingness. That means God was willing to do on our behalf to make everything right for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. 
That's why I said, for, for, for the grace of God that bring it salvation, which is an all-inclusive word, right? The fullness of, you know, that all-inclusive word, it doesn't just mean the forgiveness of sin, but it also means healing and health. It also means prosperity. It also means peace. It also means victory. It also means protection. All of, the, all of God's provision has been reinstated unto you and I as one who has received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. These things have already been employed. I mean, they've been employed. They are active. But you and I, because as the righteousness of God, the righteous have to speak. The righteous has a voice to do what? To activate. Faith is not just something we do or something we say. Faith is simply a response to grace. Let me say it to you again. Faith is simply a response to all grace has made. It's a response. You follow what I'm saying? I mean, we go to Walmart, right? Okay, you can go to Walmart, and guess what? They're going to take your debit card, your uh, EBT card, your Discover card, your uh, what is that, American Express, right? It take all that. Why? Because that's, that's the exchange. Is that right? Well, it's the same way right here. When you come to God, you can't come to God and think and say, well, look, Lord, the church needed $10,000 and I gave $10,000. I think you should have gave $10,000, but you give, if you're giving $10,000 thinking that that's going to make you a right standing with me, that's the wrong belief. If you're thinking about giving $10,000, you're going to be okay with me. Up, you're wrong. Are you following the saying? $10,000 will save the building, may save the project, whatever that may be. But it's not going to bring you in right standing with God. You are already in right standing with God through what of Christ, what he did. My right standing is not because I'm born again. My right standing is of I'm right standing with God because of Jesus Christ. Is that right? So the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteous, godly in this present world. It's showing you that grace will teach you that. Why? Because you got God's nature living inside of you. That nature inside, it will teach you to deny ungodliness, worldly lust. It teaches you, and it teaches us how to live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. It don't make a difference how, how, how perverted something is. It don't make a difference how bad something is in this world. What you got on the inside of you all unrighteousness, all ungodliness, it will lie down, it will bow before you. Because it's not what you did. It's what God himself became a man and what he did. He undid, he took, he is the one that dealt away with all ungodliness, all unrighteousness, all worldly love. He did that. 
for you and I because we could never do it. You'll always be trapped. This is the very reason why we gave you the verse in Second, I mean, First Corinthians uh, fifteen thirty-four, when it says, "Awake to righteousness and sin not." Now you have the ability not to sin. But before you were born again, you didn't have that ability. Mm-mm. It's like it was the night before Christmas. Boy, y'all got quiet on me when I started talking about that. Glory to God. Okay. All right. So are we, are we together? Okay. Now, in case you go back to, over there to Romans chapter 3. And look at verse, of, what is that, uh, 23? Okay. For all, we talked about that. For all have what? Sin and does what? And come short. So we know what the sin is. Paul said in Romans, go back to verse chapter, go back up here to verse 9 of, of first, I mean, first, I mean, Romans 3. He said, there is none righteous. He said, what then? Are we better than, are we better than they? Paul said, no. In no wise. For we have, uh, we have what? We have before proved that both Jews and Gentiles that are what? All under sin. Now put this in NLT. Keep going. <clears throat> Next verse. As the scripture says, how many is righteous? None. Under that, under that law of trying to prove self-performance, nobody is righteous. And that's an Old Testament scripture. You know, I mean, David, let's see, uh, Psalm 141 and verses 1 through 3. Oh, Lord, I'm calling to you. Please hurry. Listen when I cry to you for help. Accept my prayers as incense offered to you. And my unpraise, upraise, hand as an evening offering. Take control what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. David was using this because of what happened between him and Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. Are you following the saying? Uh, Psalm 53, go to Psalm 53, I think verses... Maybe one to three, one to three, two. Same thing. I think it's if I'm if I'm correct. He was using this. <clears throat> Why? This thing was a, of a repentant prayer of David trying to do what? You know, get grace for his for his act. Yeah. Only fools say in their heart, there's no God. Huh? They are corrupt, their actions are evil, and not one of them does good. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looked to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. Can you see that? He's looking down. That'll make my high voice come out. But no, all have turned away and, have, and all have what? Become corrupt. No one does good. 
Not a single one. Whoa, that's a big statement. Now go back to Romans 3.10. So when he make that statement about there's none, right? Why? Because why? All of us had the first Adam DNA in us. Right? You didn't do anything to earn that. You were part of it because you and all of us were in Adam. Okay? Notice this. Verse 11. He said, no one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. And all have turned away and all have become useless. No, not one does good, not a single one. That was Paul's argument. Now go back, to, go back down there to verse 24. That was Paul's argument to them. Now he said, yet God, in his grace, freely make us what? Make us what? Right where? In his sight. Now notice how he did it. Notice how he did it. Look at the next statement. He did this how? Who? When he freed us, where? Now you are free from the penalty of sin. Now you understand when you say, and sin not. Because the penalty of sin has been broken. The nature that had you bound where you couldn't do anything was Notice why? He said, yet God in his grace, freely make us right in his sight. How did he do that? He did this through Christ Jesus. You couldn't have been right standing with God through no other way. Let me say this to you. There's, I think it's right at 8 billion people on the planet. All 8 billion has been made righteous in the eyes of God through what Christ has done. They just don't know it yet. Until you and I that get out there and begin to share with them. They share with you about how bad they feel. They share with you how bad they messed up. They share with you, God don't want to have nothing to do with me, uh, this and that and etc. And I understand it. But it's not based on you. God has already reconciled the world. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 says, God has already reconciled the world to himself through Christ Jesus. Man, that ought to be something that you could shout about. Even if you mess up when you leave here. Man, I've been reconciled. I've been forgiven. I've been, no, I'm righteous before almighty God because of what Jesus did for me. You think you're going to want to come and continue to keep on living in sin? Not when you get a revelation of that. Remember, the soul don't have the knowledge that I'm talking about. That's why we're teaching this. I'm not teaching this for your spirit. I'm teaching this for your soulish man. Why? Because it don't have the knowledge of God in it. I'm trying to give you enough information, enough facts to do what? So that the Holy Spirit, when you go to sleep tonight, or when you're sitting down, you know, nod, nod, the Holy Spirit got something... To make contact with you on the inside. And you'll wake up from your little cap nap. A new person with a new attitude. Huh? Yeah. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. See? Notice this. Yet God. Oof. 
in his grace, freely make us right in his sight. He did this. Everybody say that with me. Come on. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Whoa. How did he do that? When he was on that cross and he took on that penalty of what sin did. The Father God was the only one that could put that kind of wrath, that kind of punishment, that type of judgment on Jesus Christ. The devil didn't have the power to. Do you understand that? God put this on him for you and I. That's why you, if you think God is out to get you, and some people be saying, man, I think God is out to get me. Boy, if God wanted to get you, Come on now. All you got to do is just touch your brain and just put it one degree off. And you'll droop on the side of your mouth the rest of your life with your lip hanging out like that. (laughs) Are you getting what I'm saying? No. God is for you. The devil is out to get you and I to destroy ourselves. Then he takes the glory for it. Man, when you get a revelation of these scriptures here, you'll you stop being so down on yourself. You'll stop being so critical on yourself. And you'll start looking at, he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed me. That means I'm free from the penalty of the law of sin. Watch this. I'm going to have to close. Uh, okay, so put this up. Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 14. And 15, I hate to get in this book right here, this chapter. Boy, that, that, this is the most powerful chapter, I think, of all the book of Romans, chapter 6. But notice verse 14. Look what he said. Oh, did you see that? I feel like I want to go run. You see that? Sin. Oh. Come on now. What y'all see up there? It's no longer what? Oh, come on now. That ain't what y'all say. Is that what you see? Sin is no longer your master. Hallelujah. That means I have the ability to choose now. Because I, I I got Jesus' righteousness. I'm living out of Jesus' righteousness. Oh. Boy, I wish I could just cut y'all head open and pour all this in there and then stitch it back up. <laughs> Look what it said. Sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Why? Because Jesus, he, 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 he abolished it. He nailed it to the cross. It's the blood that did what? That cleansed me and what it did? And made me free. It's the blood that gave me life where I can see. It's the blood 
that cleansed me and made me just as he. I am free because of the blood of Christ. That's just your little spiritual song. I'm going to get my, 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 my country western singer up here after a while. Glory to God. Y'all see that? Man. Okay, one more verse, and then I'm going to stop. I got to stop, because if I don't stop, I'm telling you, this book right here, it's addicted. This chapter right here is addicted. Look what it says. Well, then. Amen. Now, look at somebody tell me, say, now, well, then. Since God's grace has set us free from the law. Does that mean we can go on sinning? He said, of course not. Right? Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? That means I have a decision. I have a choice. Right? You can be a slave to sin which leads to death, or you can be what? You can choose to obey God, which leads to right living. We're going to stop right there.